Well, happy uh, Friday, September the 20th, 2019. And you know what that means, Jason? Tomorrow, September 21st, 2018, or 2019, is the one-year anniversary of Sidebar. Yeah, <laughs> We have been on the air for one year. Happy anniversary to us. Uh, we're so happy. Delayed but sustained applause. Of Thank course. you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> uh, I just take a moment to thank Brian Holt for giving me this incredible opportunity and the wonderful Jason Y, my fabulous uh, producer, for being with me all this time. But the and, show wouldn't run without you, John. Yeah, well, because I run at the mouth. That's why it wouldn't run without me. Okay, we have had a great year. We have had everything from lesbian witches to members of Congress to uh, racial and social justice activists, gun control activists, environmental policy, uh, LGBT politics, yep. transgender uh, sex workers. Yep. I mean, we have had everything here on the sidebar, haven't we, Jason? Everything. <laughs> everything under the sun. It's like one big tent here. <laughs> Everybody coming in and out. And I want to thank the, you know, I don't even know how many guests we've had on the show over the past year, but everybody for giving of their time and information and their life stories to uh, to bring sidebar. And I don't know life. where you find these people, but they're just a wealth of knowledge. They are a wealth All of knowledge. Them. All of them, they're all incredible. And today will be no different because we are starting off the top of the show uh, with the former Speaker of the California State Assembly, John Perez. He was the first LGBT person to become the Speaker of a House of the Legislature. And he ran the California Assembly for many, many years. And to have him as the second most powerful person in the whole state of California after the governor was really incredible. And I've known John since he and I were young Hikes. <laughs> We're no longer young, but uh, it'll be interesting to hear him and, of course, about his life's journey and about his take on the current state of politics in the nation. So Speaker John Perez will be the very first one up. And then after that, we're going to take a little cool jazz detour in the show and hear from Sweet Lady J. Yeah, Sweet Lady J, who is the artistic director of the Women's Jazz Festival as part of Women's Week out in Palm Springs. So if you're listening in Palm Springs. Is that uh, this week? It's coming up this week. Yeah, coming up this week. It's a whole week of celebration of women and women's events and women speakers and women's music. And uh, we are fortunate to have Sweet Lady J who will be calling in. Fantastic. From Santa Barbara to talk about uh, at least the jazz festival component of all that. So nice to talk to her. And then finally concluding the show, tomorrow is Bi Pride in West Hollywood celebrating bisexuality. And so we're very fortunate to have two people coming in, Ian uh, uh, Lawrence Torino and Jackie Steele, who are organizing Bi Pride and to talk about putting the B in LGBT and uh, what they're doing this weekend and throughout the year to make sure that bisexuals have their day in the sun. And so that's what we got coming up today to celebrate our one year anniversary. And just a heads up, I'm going to be out the next two weeks. I am going to Hawaii next week to celebrate a big birthday that ends in a zero. <laughs> 20. 20. 20 is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yes, I wish it was 20. It's three <laughs> times that. But I'm going to be celebrating a big birthday with my three high school chums, these three straight women. We've all been friends for, oh, gulp, 45 years. They're leaving their husbands. I'm leaving, you know, all of West Hollywood behind. And uh, we <laughs> 
are going to just have a great time on Maui. So I'll be there. And then after that, I have a family trip I need to make to the great state of New Mexico, the land of enchantment, which I love. New Mexico is such a beautiful part of the world. And so I'll be out, but Jason will be here. Yay! Yes, Jason will Holding be. Holding it down. Yes, you know. and the Drop the Box gang, uh, they'll be covering for me, and they're always fun and fascinating. So uh, I'll be back, gang, in a couple of weeks when we uh, finish that show. But let's, let's focus on what's happening today, because if you're not following the news today with the Donald, it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good. Isn't the news always not good? It's always not good with the Donald. All right, so apparently... There seems to be surfacing. And of course, these are all allegations at this point. I don't know the truth because none of us know the truth because it's all just starting to surface over the past few days that it appears that the Donald may have had secret conversations with some of the leadership, foreign leaders of the Ukraine, promising them uh, federal military support from the United States in exchange for them doing an investigation on Joe Biden's son. So trying to make use of a foreign power to help him out in an upcoming election. Now, you would think, having just gone through three years of inquiry about Russian interference in the election of 2016, that the Donald might have learned something. But that would require a higher brain capacity than I think what he possesses. Because the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. That is insane. And you would think if you got in trouble once to the point of almost having yourself impeached for asking a foreign government to interfere in the free elections of the United States, that that is the last thing you would think about even trying to do again. But no, it appears in the past few months that Mr. Trump and his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who I used to love and respect, uh, were making conversation with Ukrainian officials about, hey, you know, why don't you get some dirt on Joe Biden's son? Because we think he's He's going to probably be the Democratic nominee. Get some dirt on Joe Biden, and we, in exchange, will give you military support. What the <laughs> heck, Donald? Donald, you, I, I wish George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Hamilton, John Adams, uh, Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin were all here just to let you have it, man. You are destroying and staining the presidency of the United States, number 45, and I'll be so glad when you're gone. So, so glad. So anyway, enough about the Donald. <laughs> when we come back, we'll have a politician that I truly admire and respect, the California State Assembly Speaker, John Perez. Thank you for tuning in here at Sidebar with John Duran on Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
California Dreaming, Mama Cass, the mamas and the papas, and we're California Dreaming because we've got the former Speaker of the California State Assembly, John Perez, in studio. John, welcome. Thanks for having me, John. I'm so happy to have you here. I was trying to tell Jason really how long I've known you. I don't even know, 20 years, 25, 30? Over 25, but I I don't know that we want to count beyond (laughs) that. No, no, because then they'll guess my age. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. How did you... um, I mean, to become the second most powerful person in California after the governor, that, that's a rise from, that's a rags to riches story, I'm sure. That it means. is. Tell me how you got started. Well, you know, I grew up in L.A. when it looked a lot like it does today, but when representational politics didn't look like it did today. You know, there were only a handful of Latinos in state office. There had never been an openly gay person in, in state office. And California, like much of the country, had engaged in really bad pa- patterns of districting that denied people the right to choose candidates of their own uh, of their own choice. And so I got involved as a 14-year-old fighting for fair districts, fighting for uh, a ballot measure that would have looked at how federal taxes are spent on the military-industrial complex and how many more jobs you can create if they were uh, spent on peace dividend-type jobs. Uh, and that was my beginning in politics, just fighting for basic questions of representation, never really even thinking that it would be possible as a young, at that point, closeted gay Latino kid that I'd have a chance to be in office. And I was, quite frankly, satisfied helping other people get elected. And the world kept changing. And I uh, happened to be in the right place at the right time to run for office uh, all those years later. And you uh, started when you were a labor activist, right? SCIU, I think? Well, I, very briefly SCIU, mm-hmm. but uh, I was the head of the political department of the AFL-CIO for California, and I represented for many years the United Food and Commercial Workers, which is grocery, drug, and meat uh, in California and the West. But I really got my start representing construction workers. Oh, really? And oh. so here I was, this young gay kid organizing construction workers. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> But counterintuitive. I mean, here are a bunch of folks who you think would be anti-gay, anti-gay, right. who were just completely embracing of somebody who was willing to roll up their sleeves and work side by side and fight to make sure that they got a fair shot in life. And, and if you actually look at the history of gay elected officials in California, that's not an uncommon story. I mean, the first time that, uh, that, that Harvey Milk ran... The Teamsters Union was with him when the organized gay community wasn't with him. Right. So there, there, there's an interesting history there. Yeah, very, very true. And then you got elected to the state assembly. I got elected in 2008. And let's see, Sheila Kuehl had, was, uh, I think, the first, and in John 19, Laird. So in 1994, yeah. Sheila Kuehl became the first openly LGBT person elected to the California legislature. Mm-hmm. In 1995, you had uh, Carol Migdon oh, uh, right. coming in. Yeah. And then quickly thereafter, you had Jackie Goldberg, and then John Laird and... Uh, Mark Leno. And Mark Leno was uh-huh. the first two gay men together later. But then we started declining again. So in 2008, when I was elected, had I not been elected, uh, Tom Omiano was running that year as well. We were the only two gay folks in the Assembly. Mm. There were two in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had made progress and then quickly backslid. And mm. so in, in 2008, it was just Tom and I in the Assembly, and I was the first openly gay person of color ever elected in California uh, to the legislature. Mm-hmm. And so the same day that the voters in my district voted to elect me by 85 plus percent of the vote, by 54% of the vote, they told me I couldn't get married. Ah, oh, Prop 8 yep. on the same ballot. Same ballot. Wow. So I, I'm celebrating the, the election of Barack Obama. I'm celebrating right. my own election and then getting the message. But, we got discriminated but, but, against. But, you know, 
don't don't get ahead of yourself here. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. To become a, an assembly speaker, though, you've got to put together a broad coalition of people who are not LGBT to Correct. make you their leader. Look, it took uh, in the end, it took uh, forty-one votes because there's eighty members of the assembly. There were two gay folks, me and Tom. Uh, so that's clearly not the winning strategy. One with two. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yes, it was putting together a broad base, and and I didn't want to be speaker. Uh, it was the worst part of the Great Recession, a $60 billion deficit, mm. having to make very difficult decisions. Uh, I was happy just plugging away, doing my work, fighting on issues that I cared about. Uh, but folks came to me and said, no, 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 you've got to step up. This is the leadership we need. And partially, it was because I was too naive to know I shouldn't be doing things. <laughs> so three months into office, uh, we had passed our second budget of the year. And Arnold Schwarzenegger violated the Constitution as it was interpreted before and made retroactive cuts. And uh, I went to the leaders and said, we need to sue and block him. And uh, they didn't think it was a winning strategy. So I said, do you mind if I do it myself? I went to court and tried to block him and created some real interesting momentum. And I think that caught the attention of my colleagues and laid the foundation. So on my one-year anniversary in the legislature, I had the votes to be speaker. Wow. So within one year, that's amazing. Uh, on they my actual one-year anniversary. They must have seen then that passion in your intelligence and your commitment, all those things. Either that or my naivete and my willingness to take <laughs> on a, a, a really crazy <laughs> challenge. John. He'll, he'll do anything. That's oh, John Perez. So um, is it better to be feared or loved? It's better for the right people to do each, right? Okay. It, 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 so somebody once said of me that uh, I like to be loved, I love to be feared, but I demand to be respected. Mm. Mm. And I think it's pretty accurate assessment of kind of my worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I hope that the people that I want to, whose, whose love I want to earn, think it's worthy of giving it to me. Mm -hmm. I hope that the people who uh, know that they shouldn't pick certain fights have the appropriate level of fear. Yeah. Uh, but I hope either uh, respect the integrity with which I try to approach what we do. Wow. What do you what's your, your what are you most proud of? I mean, your term as speaker and running the California House. I mean, there there, there, there are several things, right? Uh, so I inherited a $60 billion deficit, got us out of that through really ugly long fights, the longest budget battle in the history of the state of California, uh, but saved 80% of what we were trying to do created the change in the Constitution so that we have simple majority budgeting now for the first time in you know, decades. So we now have regular budgeting that gets passed. Our creditworthiness has improved. I created the Rainy Day Fund, which is now over $20 billion. I created the first in the country health benefit exchange. The first mm -hmm. implementation of Obamacare was my legislation oh, here in California, cool. requiring a, a Republican governor's signature. Uh, I did the first uh, major expansion of Medicaid. So there are literally millions of Californians who have health insurance as a result of my legislation. I created the middle-class scholarship, which makes college more affordable, which is near and dear to my heart. All of those are really important, but it's the little things that people don't know. Um, I was taking a state trip to uh, Armenia, and they wanted to have me fly through Russia to get there, and I said, I can't fly through Russia. Putin's just banned, uh, you know, 
the existence of gay people in, in, in the essence of his action. I refused to spend a nickel even in transit. So we the, the whole delegation took a longer trip, and we get to Armenia, and somebody had entered in the Armenian parliament the same kind of legislation, mm. criminalizing homosexuality and even the, the, the us discussing who we are. And so I'm meeting with the president, and I'm meeting with the prime minister, and I said, Mr. Prime Minister, I need to ask you for a, a parliamentary favor. He says, no, you don't. He says, I know why you didn't fly through Russia. <laughs> as long, Actually, he was, he was speaker at the time. He later went on to be prime minister. He said, as long as I'm speaker, that bill will never get passed. Oh. And uh, I, I, I know that he made that commitment based on his concern for the relationship with California. And had somebody else been in the room, the question would have never been asked. And who knows right. what would have happened in the parliament of, Ar- of Armenia that See, year. See, this is proof why we have to have LGBT people at the table. So you get to make deals. That's I never heard that story. I've heard yeah. a lot of, you know, what you've done, but that story I've never heard of. Yeah, there 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 there've been several cases like that that don't get a lot of attention, but you hope have a big impact on people. Yeah, gang. When we come back, we're going to talk to Speaker Perez about the state of the nation and politics as he sees it. So thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast jason please tell me you do know this is the eagles right please please tell me my young millennial you do know i may be young but this is a classic (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) california we are talking california uh, former california state assembly speaker john perez and uh thank you again john for joining us today great to be here so looking at the state of the nation (laughs) we have people that are listening in 27 cities but we know a lot of people are listening in really small towns and rural areas uh, online and and as a people lgbt people or people who care about social justice or equality where should we focus? There seem to be so many fires burning all at the same time. What do you think our priorities should be? Look, I think you have to focus on all of them because you can't be silent around any of the issues that are impacting people. When I look at this stuff, I I think back to one of the most important readings I ever uh had the opportunity to look at, which is Dr. King's letter from Birmingham jail. Mm. And actually, I had his lawyer in the Capitol who snuck the paper into the jail 
and the paper and pencil that Dr. King uh, used to write the letter. And at, at the core, you know, with no reference material, he writes this incredible treatise on, 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 on justice and law. And he quotes and makes reference to Thomas Aquinas. And he says, any law that upholds human personality is just. And any law that denigrates human personality is unjust. Mm. And that's the prism by which I think we have to look at this. So I don't think we can pick and choose where we stand up and voice opposition to things that are unjust and denigrate human personality. So when you see kids separated from their parents Mm. and held in cages, you have to stand up. When you see people being gunned down Mm. because the rhetoric has gotten so ugly and because our gun laws are so irrational, you have to stand up. When you see each of these questions, when you see the limitations on on folks being able to access right to reproductive health care, you have to stand up. So I don't think we have the luxury of picking and choosing. Now, we can't focus on little picky stuff when there's big stuff that needs to be addressed, but we've got to be fully engaged on every front. When this president passed the first attempt at the Muslim ban, I showed up like thousands of others at airports around the country with a sign that said, ban Banyan, not Muslims, <laughs> uh, at LAX. And what was amazing to me is there was a group of folks surrounding me who were Orthodox Jews, who a simplistic view of the world would think are in opposition to the Muslim community. Right. But they understood the commonality of what was happening. And so it was a beautiful cross-section of L.A. there saying that we cannot quietly stand by and see anybody be uh, dehumanized and marginalized in this way. And, 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 and at event after event in opposition to what we're seeing going on in the country, it's really been powerful to see the cross-sections of our community that stand up. So whatever is easiest for you to get to start with, but don't stop with just that. Yeah. You know, to me, looking at the next 50 years, and granted, I'm, you know, of a certain age. I mean, I only have... I'm just behind a certain okay. age, so I understand. So, But I'm worried about the Supreme Court and the trajectory the Supreme Court will take our people, not just LGBT people, but the nation as a whole. So I don't want Donald Trump to get one more Supreme Court appointment. So that means not only taking the White House, but the Senate as well. Where do you, What do you think our odds are? I, I think it's, it, it is going to be tough, but I think we can take the White House. I think we have to, to, to not think that we can game out where the last fight was and only focus there. We need to focus in every single state in this country. Yes, a state like California will overwhelmingly vote against uh, Donald Trump, and so there's some liberty for folks from here to go help in Arizona and Nevada. But if you're in a state that's not an absolute lock, you've got to you've got to get in your car on the weekend and go help in a neighboring state where your your participation makes a difference. Because we've got to, we've got to go fight in every single state, both for the presidential vote and for Senate votes, as yes. you said. Yeah. Uh, and you're right; the, the Supreme Court is uh, is crucially at stake. I mean, I I stay up at nights praying for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Me too. Um, who actually will be in California in a couple of weeks? Oh, I, I, I can't oh, wait. Oh, to oh my God! Speak. I, oh wow! Um, I love her. Yeah, she, she's an she, amazing she, life story. She she is absolutely brilliant. And if you think of how improbable it was for a woman in her day 
to have the life trajectory that she's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it all the more powerful. Uh, you know, hearing you say that, I'm looking at you thinking the same thing. To think that a young, gay, Latino kid from East L.A. Yeah. would end up becoming the powerful speaker of the Assembly, that's a life trajectory as well. It is a very unusual one. Uh, my current role is even in some ways more unusual. You know, I, when I left the legislature, uh, the governor put me on the Board of Regents. Uh, I had been its speaker, but he put me on. And if you remember, uh, uh, Sheldon Andelson was yes. the first ever openly gay person. Jerry Brown won appointment. Jerry Brown won appointment in 1981. Yeah. Think about it. I was the second. Wow. That's a whole lot of space between those two appointments. Way too much space. Way, <laughs> Way too, too much space. And I now chair the, the, you know, the, 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 the deal. And you know, we just had a, a med student come and talk about the fact that uh, they were still being dead named. Right? So their, their credentials as a med student had their name based on the birth name assigned to them as opposed to their true identity. Mm. And so to think that, you know, in a state as progressive as California, at a, at a school as progressive as UCLA, that we're still figuring out how to get it right. Mm. Um, and it just reminds me of how far more we have to come, especially for our trans brothers and sisters and, and folks who are non-binary, who's, who, who, whose lives are impacted every day by, by just dumb assumptions a lot of times and and then cruel assumptions and actions so many other times. The the level of hateful violence against trans people, especially trans women, is shocking. Yeah. Just just shocking. What about racism within the LGBT community? You think, uh, I mean, I think things are better. I'm still, the people still think I'm tan. You know, I have to bring mariachis <laughs> around West Hollywood every now and then to show them I am still Mexican. <laughs> Look, it's uh, the, 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 the issues of society don't escape us as a community. We're not immune from issues of class. We're not immune from issues of race. And we're clearly not immune from issues of sexism. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we, we've come a long way, but we clearly have a long way to go. It's not like the, the days when, uh, as a black or brown man, you'd have to have five forms of ID to get into the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there are still a lot of issues we have to work on. Mm. And you're still in the fight. And so, so... Proud to you, know you've you. got to you, you, you've got to be in the fight everywhere you go, mm-hmm. um, and you've got to bring other people up. It's you know you you talk about being first. First is nice. More important not to be last. Yes. Right. So yes. so I got. Ooh, elected, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to steal that. So you know I get elected speaker. Uh, then Gordon Fox got elected in Maine, and then Mark Ferrandino in Colorado, and Tina Kotek in Oregon. Uh, so all in very quick succession. But more importantly, when I left the legislature, my successor was the first lesbian ever to be speaker in mm. California. Tony Atkins Tony from San Atkins. Diego. Yeah. And she's now the first lesbian to be head of the state senate and the first person ever to head both houses of California, right? So so nice to be first, but more important not to be last. Not to be last. That's so, so cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah my, my first was the first gay Latino in yeah. California. That was my first. Yeah, but you're right. Now that we've got Ricardo Lara, obviously, insurance yep. commissioner, and we've got Mayor Long Beach. Yep. Uh, and so Robert, Robert Garcia. Garcia and so many others. And a lot of others. A lot of others uh, 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 around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially a member of Congress from San Diego in the next year. Uh, lesbian Latina. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you, you've seen, you know, young folks call it intersectionality. We just saw, you know, commonality and fight. We didn't have the term intersectionality when we were right. engaged in some of these fights in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, so, so true. Yeah. Last week, we had a couple of uh, you know, mayors, John Bowders from Emeryville and Jeff Corris from Palm Springs, talking about climate change. Yep. Anything in parting remarks about climate change? Uh, look, it is, it is the existential st- uh, challenge of our time. 
Uh, I love the sign that says, you know, it's one thing to have a plan B. We do not have a planet B. <laughs> uh, we, True. We, we, you know, it is the most important. And, and so we have to be engaged in both big fights and little fights around the future of our of our planet. I'm I'm proud of the work that we're doing at the university. You know, we're we're going to be carbon neutral in the next few years at all ten University of California campuses. I'm actually doing a a trip to Mexico City uh, in a couple of weeks uh, to talk about joint relationships between the state of California and the federal government of Mexico uh, around climate approaches. I was at The Hague a couple of years ago dealing with members both of the EU and of the of the, of the Dutch uh, parliament uh, on, on different approaches that we could involve ourselves with on an international basis around climate change. Uh, this, this really is uh, the challenge of our time and whether we have any more time Mm, very good point. We are run out of time. I'm so happy that you came. I hope you'll come again. Thank love you for having you me. I'd love back. to. Oh, so awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Speaker John Perez of the California State Assembly. Good pal. When we come back, we'll be talking to the women who are organizing the Women's Arts Festival out in Palm Springs. Thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Sidebar with John Duran. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wow, that is beautiful. We are listening to Sweet Lady J right now on in your ears. And uh, we actually have Sweet Lady J calling in uh, live on the phone. Sweet Lady J, welcome to the show. Hey, John. What's shaking, Bacon? How you doing? Uh, I am good. I'm so happy to have you here. We we just finished doing a segment on uh, politics and power with the former California uh, speaker, John Perez. And now we're moving to something that's just as powerful, music and art, which is uh, your forte. What's happening in Palm Springs next week? Well, Palm Springs is buzzing because we have our first annual uh, Palm Springs Women's Week. Um, and it includes a little bit of everything for everyone. So we have uh, musical events happening. Uh, we have a golf tournament, um, spa day, uh, seminars, power talks, uh, a little bit of everything. We try to make it as diverse as possible to fit everyone in. And then it's anchored by our, I think it's, this is our sixth annual Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival. And you're you're the artistic director of that jazz festival, right? I am indeed the co-founder and artistic director of the Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival, and we just have a wonderful time. I mean, it's uh, we try to bring in as much talent as we can, diverse talent, meaning as far as the jazz festival is concerned. So we try to knock out the spectrum of contemporary jazz, straight-ahead jazz, blues, funk, uh, a little bit of uh, world music and everything we can fit in there under the jazz umbrella. <laughs> that, that's fa- And you've been doing that for six years. That's amazing. That's uh, We have. Wow. Now, I know that the Dinosaur Weekend is seen as a big women's uh, week out in the desert. This sounds like another one, and this is going to be the first annual, so congratulations on your launch. 
Oh, terrific. Uh, we appreciate that, and we hope that it is as popular as Dinah Week. <laughs> yeah. How did it get started? Who came up with the idea? I was I was uh, emailing with a couple of women, I think Gail and Pam, I think. Is, is that how it got started? How did this whole idea it's, get started? Well, it's actually Gail and Lucy. Lucy, and that's Gail it. And Lucy, yeah, Gail and Lucy. Um, actually, we are partners in the Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival, and Last year, in 2018, we had a break, and that break, um, we chose to explore and expand some options of how we can include uh, a different array of things uh, to do. And so we introduced the Jazz at Sundown series, which is a series of concerts throughout the year, as opposed to just the festival. And um, Lucy and Gail had previously done Dinah in Color, which included the seminars and some of the smaller events. And so we thought on that break, wouldn't it be a wonderful idea to expand this, use this to sort of uh, pull in the community of Coachella Valley with the women there and uh, bring in uh, different, different um, I think, events that pull in the community and celebrate the lesbian community. So the, the Jazz Festival, by the way, is open to the public. Uh, it's not specifically a lesbian event. Uh, it is a musical event. However, this Palm Springs Women's Week is specifically designated to celebrate the lesbian culture. That's awesome. You know, I, I'm old enough to remember the women's music festivals that uh, used to happen every year where uh, women would gather from all over the nation. I mean, to hear Holly Near sing and, and Chris Williamson sing. And uh, I just uh, know how important it is that music's got to be in the center of this revolution because that, that's what changes hearts and minds, the power of yeah. music. I totally agree. It changes hearts and minds and also helps with Alzheimer's and and a host of everything else in this world that ills us. You know, all the ills in the world, um, music seems to sort of help soothe that beast. And um, it's important. And I think, you know, we're still battling because I I was just reading an article in the New York Times about uh, the gender gap in music, uh, men and women. So there's 90s, there's still sexism and, you know, that, that whole thing happening uh, within the music industry. 90% generally, of, uh, it's still an old boys club, and so we're trying to carve out a niche for uh, women. So. Well, that's really important because I tell you, the gay men, we love our divas. We love Aretha. Yes. We love Diana Ross. We love Whitney. We love all the divas. So. Uh, no. Well, if you love the divas, honey, well, you got to get a little diva <laughs> Diva and art. <laughs> so we've got less than a minute left. Can you tell us if people want more information about the week or the, the uh, jazz festival? You have a website, a Facebook page. Where, they, where can they get more info we do go to palmspringswomensweek.com and um you can get information there about the whole women's week and the palm springs women's jazz festival there's music events throughout the week uh poetry uh jams there's uh, as i said a golf club there's dance events there's all sorts of things and particularly power talks where women get together and discuss 
what's happening in politics and the things that matter uh, and how we can make a difference and influence government. Wonderful. And uh, you got a Facebook page or a Twitter account or... Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival. That's it. Got it. That's, you get there. You find us anywhere you can on social media. Okay, wonderful. Well, Sweet Lady J, it's been a pleasure having you on. Your voice is beautiful. Can hardly wait to hear more music. I appreciate it. This Sweet Baby J. And yeah. I tell you what, I certainly appreciate being on your show. And I, I um, hope that uh, your listeners will come and visit us in the desert. I hope so, too. Ha- break a nail. Good luck to you out there. Okay. Thanks <laughs> right. so much. All right. So, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When we come back, we'll be talking to the members of the bisexual community on Bisexual Pride here on Channel Q. Sidebar with John Duran. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, okay, gay. <laughs> We're back live on the air. Was that Katy Perry singing I Kissed a Girl? Yes, of course it was. <laughs> oh, right. And it's appropriate that we're talking about Katy Perry kissing a girl because we're about to talk about the bisexual community. And uh, in studio, we've got Jackie Steele and Ian Lawrence Torino. Uh, you got it. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Oh. I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gay. It is Bi Pride coming up in West Hollywood this weekend. What What is happening for WeHo? Well, we are opening up with a community festival. Um, well, the doors open at one thirty. We re- things really kick in around two, and then at four, we're going to have awesome people like um, John Duran come and oh, and that's give a proclamation. That's kind of the <laughs> highlight for me. Yeah. Um, some other city officials. Um, Jackie, you want to jump in? Sure. We have. Uh, well, there's lots of food. Um, we always like to feed people. You know, you got to get everybody out and fed. Uh, and so we have activities throughout the day. We have games. We have some sign making because we are going to be doing a march for visibility that starts at five. Um, just to bring some bi visibility to the community. We did it last year. This is our second annual event, and people loved it. It went really well, uh, and so we decided to bring it back with a few added little little twists this year, including a glow party uh, from six to nine. So, oh, that's so awesome! It's going to be fun. Historically famous bisexual women and men who. You name some? Besides the two of you. Besides the two of us. <laughs> Am I at the point that I'm historic? Okay. <laughs> Noted. Um, well, there's quite a few that often get claimed as gay. Freddie Mercury, for instance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a rave of bisexual. Um, Jim Malcolm, Morrison. Jim Morrison in the doors. Yep. Yeah. Um, Malcolm X did not identify as bi, but he behaved bisexually. Mm. I feel like, and there's more and more recently mm. that keep coming up. I think as people are starting to actually unpack it, it was so much easier back in the day to just label, you know, gay or lesbian um, and not really actually get to know because it was too much, you know, minds were exploding to understand yeah. it. Yeah. But now I feel like every week I see someone new that you're like, oh yeah, that, that adds up. That makes sense. Sure. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think it's human nature to try to make everything binary. 
So zero yeah. or one, yes. black or white, left right. or right, mm-hmm. you know, up or down. Let's put it all in a box so we can make <laughs> yeah. sense of it. And anything that challenges that becomes something people have to grapple with all of a sudden. Right, right? which in reality mm-hmm. is kind of everything, right? If we actually stopped, <laughs> nothing true. really fits. It's very little that fit into a box these days. Yeah, that's so, so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, Jackie, when did you first come into being as a bisexual? I mean, did your whole history, did you start dating boys and then um, girls? And... My, I, I dated one. One uh, guy, and then I dated mostly women. But I, it was funny because I was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, I just don't remember a time where I wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. I always kind of liked what I liked and uh, dated who I wanted. And I, I was a radio personality on the East Coast, and I was the first out openly um, bisexual. Of course, according to everyone, gay because it was what they could understand, lesbian. Um, but uh, I was just out. You know, I lived with my ex-fiance, and I would talk about her just like anybody would talk about their spouse, and. Didn't really apologize for it, and everybody seemed just fine. Hmm. It was fine. Same for you, Ian? Um, well, I I remember knowing around five or six, um, but I didn't have a word for it. And then AIDS came, and then I knew it was bad to be queer, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, you, you said earlier that you know the buys came later, but actually, bi people were around very early in the LGBT movement. You know, Brenda Howard basically invented the format of pride that we know today. Mm. Um, and she was by um, the first LGBT student group uh, at any university in the U.S. was founded by a bi person back in the 60s. So we've been around. But but yeah, the AIDS really pushed bisexuality back in the closet because we, you know, bi men in particular were considered um, vectors of HIV into the straight community. Mm. Um, and the whole bi scene pretty much died during that time. But then, you know, once we got that under control, kind of came back into... Um, the spotlight, but um, yeah, I only it's it's actually very typical for um, bi people that I actually then came out. I mean, I was telling my friends that I was queer, but I didn't really do anything with it. And I just had girlfriends, and I was happy, and it was fine. But I kind of knew something was going on, and I was only twenty five when I had my first boyfriend, um, and finished from college and everything else. Um, hmm. And I actually went through a phase where I identified as gay because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, and that's what everyone told me you were supposed to do, which um, is actually also very common for bi people. So there's there's this, still this old narrative like oh. You know, people say they're bi because it's easier than just saying you're gay. But it happens all the time that bi people get pressured into saying they're gay and actually, you know, run around saying they're gay for a couple of years and then go, wait, you know, like, I, no, it's not. Yeah, I guess that's a, a good point. I guess it's for a lot of people. It's a matter of your own primary first reference. Like for me, for example, I was dating girls in high school. I never could have sex with a girl. I just could <laughs> it's not. Just ain't working. It just could not cross that line. It was just not possible. And, and it was only when my straight girlfriends took me to a gay bar, you know. And again, they knew. I yeah, was gay. Mm-hmm. I had they a clue. They knew, and they're like, "John, look, look, what do you think?" And I said, "Oh my God, these guys are all such great dancers." That, that's what I said. That's all I could put my head around. But I never went to like I. I'm feeling I'm bi. To me, it was like mm-hmm. gay or straight. But I've heard other people say, "Okay, maybe I'm bi as a way to like comfortly mm-hmm. enter the gay world." But that's yeah. not. That's a fallacy. It is. Um, those are some really awesome girlfriends you had, by the way. Oh, I, I, they're going to Hawaii with me this week. Okay, oh, wow. that's good. We're still yeah, close. I'll yeah. tell you, as a bi guy, it's not always easy dating straight girls. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know, and and being as out as I am, I have people who are identified as gay men all the time tell me, well, actually, so it, it has to do with that spectrum again. A lot of people, you know, maybe they're like ninety percent into you know into the same sex into men or whatever but there is something going on there so it's 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 confusing and a lot, I think a lot of people who do have a sort of transitional bi identity do have part of them that actually is bi but it's much easier than to kind of 
slide into the gay world and and, and have things a little more binary and clear. Mm. Yeah, and I think I always say everybody's queer, pick a percentage. I mean, come on. But I think honestly that that comfort level or that kind of uh, mistake of saying it's it's easier, it's more comfortable. Well, that's not really the reality. I think when you have to identify as bi, you identify to your gay family, your straight family, your gay friends, your straight friends, and from all angles, you can get, you know, are is it a mistake? Are you unclear? Come on, you're really just gay. Come over here right. where it's safe and warm, and just just be a lesbian. Right. But that's not it's not that the case. So. One of my best friends, Bernadette, who's a lesbian, who listens to the show, Bern, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. Hey, now. Bernadette. She hey. she has been a dear friend of mine for 25 years. Right. Mm-hmm. She's married to a woman named Diane, and she gets on her high horse about bisexuals. They don't exist. That just doesn't happen. Hi, Bernadette. I just, I just doesn't happen. <laughs> We're here. But then I point out, Bernadette, your ex lover Janice is married to a man named Roger. Oh, now. I feel like we are spilling it today. <laughs> so, isn't Janice per se bisexual? You dated her and yes. now she's married to a man and she's like, that's besides the point. Denial ain't just a river. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a whole phenomenon called bi-erasure where people yeah. are able to look straight at bisexuality or should I say directly on this show? Yeah, we don't say straight Directly <laughs> at bisexuality and not see it. It's absolutely mm. mind-boggling at times. Right. But people actively erase it because their minds want to conceptualize everything in these clear, you know, binary lines. And I get it for a lot of gays and lesbians, there was a lot of pain coming to, you know, realize that they're gay and lesbian and to come to that identity and to sort of reject the idea that, oh, you might have kids or the white picket fence or whatever people, you know, imagine they're going to have. And I get that there's that pain. And then also on the straight side, people like, you know, gay and lesbian to be safely and clearly other so that they can't, you know, th- so the gay cooties are away from them. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm not gay because, you know, I have a girlfriend or whatever. Um, sure. But reality is not that clean and tidy. Yeah. So bisexuality, we can't really define it based on sexual activity alone, right? It's something more than just what we do in the bedroom. Well, sexual orientation, I mean, I think at the very least we have to divide it into three components. It's attraction, behavior, and identity. And for the most part, people like to focus on identity or behavior, uh, but I think you need to look at all of them to really understand what the whole thing means. I mean, the the, the base, the basic function of it is really who, who you're attracted to, who you feel like bonding with. You know, it's not just sex all the time, of course. Um, but at the same time, we, as married people, we say that gladly. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, honestly, it's just not that easy. I always say to people, you don't want to be identified by your flesh Rolodex. It's not just mm-hmm. the last person you were with, because right. how many people want to be identified as anything by the last person they dated or hooked up with, right? Like, <laughs> that could have been a real big mistake. Yeah. Uh, well, whoever, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, that's you so know. true. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. Are you both married? I'm married, yeah. Now, Ian, I know you're married to yes. a man. Yes. Oh, I'm married in poly, so I have I have my husband, and then okay. I have um, long-term male and female partners. Oh. Yeah, so right. 12 years and six, and six years. Wow. Uh, Jackie? Fantastic. Not that long, I guess is my first answer. Not that long. Stay tuned. Uh, uh, I'm married. I'm married to a man who's a wonderful man. He's a he's an Indiana boy. He's never been with a bi person or a, a queer person before, and he could not be more supportive. He's awesome. Wow. That, yeah. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Our house looks like a yeah. unicorn festival right now because we have so much bi pride gear, and mm-hmm. he's just, you know, loving it. It's like <laughs> unicorns at every turn. So yeah. Kinsey came up with a scale called zero to six. The Kinsey yeah. scale that yes. came up. 
out in the 1950s where Kinsey, being one of the first sexologists, tried to figure this all out, mm-hmm. and he came up with zero being completely heterosexual, I think, or is it the other way? And six being completely homosexual? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And X is asexual, even on his thing back then. Ah, mm-hmm. but it, he left room for a whole lot of in-between. Yes. There's two, three, four, and five. Yes. <laughs> two, three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. We got to go to commercial break. When we come back, let's dig deeper into all this. Uh, thanks for tuning in, gang, to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Sidebar with John Duran. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Pretty Boys and Pretty Girls by the Book of Love, a song about bisexuality. Did you know that? Yes, I'll take one of each. <laughs> I love oh, now that. you're going poly too. Yeah, thank you to Weston Miller from Swap for throwing that song our way. He's like, you got to play this for the bisexuals. Like, okay, I'll, we'll play it. All right, we, what were we talking about before? We're talking about Kinsey Scale. We're talking about bisexuality. Mm-hmm. But um, you, uh, Jackie, during the break, we were talking uh, Cindy Lauper. Uh, yeah. You have a connection. Tell me about your connection with Cindy Lauper. Yeah, so uh, I work with uh, True Colors United, which is her organization that works to end LGBTQ youth homelessness. Um, and so I, I produce some fundraisers for them, things like that. And uh, Cindy actually gave me an award last year for it, which is the True Icon oh, Award. Congratulations, awesome. True Icon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll see. She truly is. <laughs> I love that. I yeah, love that. It's really great. Thank so, you. Tomorrow's event in West Hollywood, uh, you're expecting, you have no idea, right? It's like, you know, last year, more than twice as many people showed up as we expected. You never know, right? So you don't know. You never know. It's going to be in West Hollywood Park. Uh, yes, or not a Yes. In the auditorium. People who are local in Southern California, what time? And uh... Doors are at one thirty. activities are 2, so just come on in. We've got things going on until uh, 4 or 5 o'clock. We've got things on stage. We have the proclamation, of course, from uh, yourself and the fine folks at the city of West Hollywood. Uh, then we have a March for Visibility, which will take place in the streets of West Hollywood. Um, and then we will have a glow party from 6 to 9. And the march is a little later this year because people got hot last time. <laughs> yeah, and we want bigger crowds to see us. Yes, isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I love the LGBT people. We only do marches after dark. Right. Mm-hmm. I look better in soft lighting and a t-shirt with no tag on it. And, and there better be valet. <laughs> Speaking of valet, we do have free parking in the library parking structure. Um, we have like uh, chaser cards to validate that. Awesome, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds fantastic. And you were saying London just had a bi. Yes, you had the first bi pride. We had in the, the world first bi pride event like this in the world last year and um, London something similar early September this year so we beat them by a year that, not that it's a competition that is fantastic <laughs> so it's 2019 yeah. and you would think that also known as 20 by teen on, online by yes 20 by teen 20 by teen do bisexuals still face discrimination yes All yeah. right. <laughs> sadly in what ways I think a lot, for me, I'll speak just on the social context of things, you know, that the conversation and the fact that when I'll be in LGBTQ spaces, you know, we have to uh, still explain that to your earlier point. We exist. This is a thing. There's no confusion. The B is there for a reason. The flag is there for a reason. Um, I've dealt with it from friends, you know, when, the, when I, it's, you would expect it to go the other way. But when I brought a guy home for Thanksgiving uh, to a friend's group, they were like, ooh, wrong gender. Uh, <laughs> you get that a lot what a from. a reversal. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, I was like, interesting. And on the other, hand, I was like, just stop it and pass me the stuffing. But, you know, get over <laughs> it. But um, you do get it socially a lot, I think, where you have to just explain to people a little bit more um, and deal with bio erasure. Yeah. Mm. I mean, in general, it's it can be hard to be bisexual just because people don't understand what it means. That is a really, really big one. And it's hard to overstate what that the implications of that. Um, you know, people don't understand their own sexuality. They're misunderstood by other people constantly. Um, you know, women are high, typically sexualized. Men are also sort of uh, marginalized, shall we say. Um, for me personally, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I like to think I'm one of the most privileged bi people in the world. I live in this like happy bi bubble. You know, I'm the executive director of the American Institute of Bisexuality, so I'm more than slightly out. Um, I run, <laughs> I run a network called Ambi that has 10 chapters in three countries on two continents, um, one in Africa and nine across North America. You really are polyamorous, aren't you? That too, yes. Um, Certainly amorous, yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> so, um, um, I, you know, I sometimes encounter biphobia still, but it just kind of, I'm inoculated to, it just r- r- goes off, you know, like water on a duck's back, they say, because I know so many, I have so many friends, it's, it's kind of like some people saying like, you don't exist. I'm like, oh really? Okay. Like it just, it just seems so ridiculous anymore. But I remember, you know, 15, 20 years ago when people would tell me that it really, really hurt. Mm. It's really hurtful. And so all of you who are not bi, please don't do that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, one of the things that I say is it's 2019. Right. I don't want to live in a world where we're not coming through the lens of, are we looking at everybody in the community? Are we representing our trans brothers and sisters, our people of color? And that's, if we're not doing that, how are we existing in 2019? Like as an LGBTQ community member, that to me is where we should be coming from at all times. So it's not just about the bees, it's about community and it's about all of us being there for each other. Really good point. You know, I, I'm so I'm, I'm playing out a scenario, man. Let's just say we're in Montgomery, Alabama, the three of us. We're sure. having dinner. We start talking to the waitress or the server, and uh, suddenly we're talking about personal information, and Jackie says, well, I have a husband back in Los Angeles, and mm. conversation goes on. And then Ian says, and I have a husband. Do you think the server does an eye cock on that or an eyebrow up, or do you think that suddenly becomes a flashpoint? Uh, I, I mean, I'm hoping to get to a world where either of you introducing your husband wouldn't make anybody blink. I think she'd wonder why we were over-talking and not ordering. But <laughs> I think, you know, I spend a lot of time in Tennessee and around the country. Um, I was in Kentucky and I saw rainbow flags everywhere. And I didn't experience, you know, I expected to be to have some of those type of exchanges. Because right. um, I speak very openly about sexuality in general and transgender folks and being supportive. So, um, you know, and I just, I haven't seen as much as you would think. And I think the more we get out, the more we actually communicate and engage with each other across the board. It sounds so, you know, head in the cloudsy, but because I do it, I see it. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I spent a lot of time in Tennessee and I don't have to deal with it. I talk very openly um, and people, I think, like me first and go, oh, OK. And then they yeah. just move on. Hmm. I mean, it's those of us who have the luxury of being out. It's really important that we are, because when people get to know us and see, you're, you know, we're not crazy, we're not monsters. I mean, the, the things that people believe you wouldn't imagine, like. You know, like it's not safe to have LGBT people handling handling food and things sure. like that. Um, so when they meet us, they get to know us. They say, "Oh, this person seems kind of normal." That makes such a big difference. Whether it's you know somebody's grandma in Tennessee or whatever. Um, and a lot of times, you know, as I'm sure you know, the the worst discrimination maybe isn't out loud and isn't spoken. Mm. And That's so, you know, maybe you don't maybe you don't see it overtly, but you know what's going behind closed doors, what's going with hiring practices, or you know, with your doctor, all kinds of things. 
Hmm. Do you think uh, having a foot in each camp, each of you, I mean, each <laughs> gender and each sexual orientation, gives you a way to speak code or to help LGBT people better understand the other side? I mean, rather than being uh, uh, maybe an obstacle to communication, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be a better yeah. way to help us relate with our allies? I mean, I think so. I mean, for me, because I spent a lot of time in lesbian circles, I was engaged to a woman, uh, and even then I still identified as bi and had a lot of these types of conversations. Um, I do think it, it helps because, again, it's bridging the gap. You know, these these are groups where people might not have a lot of folks that are they don't run into a lot of buys or so on. So it, it does help, I think, to be able to walk between the worlds. Hmm. I mean, I've noticed, I mean, because, you know, I run this huge bi network. I've noticed that bi people often tend to be more open minded because, you know, they're used to not fitting clearly into these little boxes and they are used to having to sort of bridge bridge ideas or have contradictory ideas in their head at once, you know, two contradictory ideas. Um, I do think it creates a certain amount of open-mindedness and and ability to see beyond our sort of narrow horizons that everyone, you know, has because the world, there's so much going on in the world. We, we create these little boxes for ourselves to make it more digestible, but there's obviously more outside of that. Mm. Do you have to correct people sometimes, Ian? I mean, if they see that you're with a, your husband, do they say, as gay men, uh, do you have to correct them and say, actually, I'm bi? Um, not so much anymore, but because, um, like I said, I'm so out. Okay. <laughs> got it, got it. Uh, you've got, yeah, let's talk about your website and okay. Ambi and other um, things. Just really quickly, um, you can find Ambi on Ambi.org or at Ambi Social on social media. The American Institute of Bisexuality um, is the parent organization of a lot of these activities. Um, our educational site is called Bi.org. You can find it under that name or at the URL. And um, and don't forget, WeHo by yeah. Pride is on all the socials at WeHo by Pride. So find it, join us tomorrow. We're gonna have a blast. Thank you so much. This sounds awesome. And where can we hear your comedy, Jackie Steele? Uh, everywhere. I'm at the Comedy Store uh, every other Sunday. So awesome. if you can stand it, come on down. Of course, we can stand it. <laughs> I want to thank you both for coming on, talking about all this. I'll see you tomorrow for the proclamation at four o'clock. And uh, when we come back, we'll have closing thoughts with Jared Hill popping in. Thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Welcome back, gang. What a great show. Talking to the California Speaker of the Assembly, John Perez. Talking to Sweet Baby Jay about Women's Week coming up in Palm Springs. And uh, our bisexuals. We had bisexuals on the show. And now I've got Jared and Allie. I don't know if they're coming up on drop. I don't think either identifies bisexual. No, I have not. <laughs> I, You know, I did do the transitional bisexual thing, I think, for like a we solid year. We talked about that. Yeah. That, that, that uh, comfy, like, I'm just bi. I've been thinking lately, yeah. like, I could see it for like hooking up with a woman, but I don't know that I'd want to be in a relationship No, you with a said woman. yesterday, I believe, that you wanted to go on a date with a woman. Well, I was being sarcastic. Like, oh, I should go on a date with a woman because we had a caller call in that Allie had challenged to going bisexual. Yeah, because she said woman. she was curious about it and then she was like, I got possible interest from somebody so I was thinking of going on a date. I was like, go on a date and then call me back and tell me what it's like. She's actually, she might call us a little later today yeah. in the show, but I think that everybody should try the bye. I, I Try it before yeah, you buy it. I don't. What would I, uh. I? Well, I mean, I could, I could see if we're hooking up with a girl, like in, under the right circumstances. But like being in a relationship with a woman, I just have no. Okay, interest. I have never had sex with a woman. I'm a gold star gay too. I'm a gold star, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't know where to start. I'm a thoroughbred. Guys, this holiday party is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I think all of the men at Channel Q are single. You're single, right, John? Oh uh, no, I'm, you're not single. I'm multi, multifaceted. Oh, I have a domestic partner of 20 years and something else. Right? Oh, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a little scandalous. We'll just save that for John Durant. Something else really or something else? Oh, I'm not surprised about I, it. I am polyamorous. <laughs> you are. I love that. That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> so you're you're available. We'll put it that way. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I'll, well, all the rest of the guys at Channel Q are all single, um, and all the women are like all the gay women are booed up, and so it's just kind of an interesting dynamic here. And all the producers are straight. So, with the exception of one. So, it's like, wow. It's an interesting it dynamic we have going here. It's true. The holiday party should be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Get alcohol in everyone. It's going to be a, a situation. Well, you know, we were talking about the other day how we were surprised that more inter-show hookups weren't happening. I, Allie was saying she was surprised by that, and I was like, I'm not surprised by that at all. I know, but I we're the gay station. I feel like we would be hooking like, up with each other left and right. Like that'd be on brand. I want the doctor, the late show guy. Dr. Chris? Yes. Dr. Chris is a, he's a really sweet guy. Is he? And he's not ugly at all. He's not ugly at all. I don't like to tell people they're attractive. I just tell them they're, they're not ugly. <laughs> like, you are completely unugly. You guys are covering for me the next two weeks. Thank you so much. Yes. I'm going to be away on vacay. I was happy to do it, and then you said you were on vacation going to Hawaii, and I was like, Hawaii. no, I'm just jealous now. <laughs> I've still never been to Hawaii. Oh, you I know. really? I know, I'm lame. I've, I've got to go do that. Oh, it's the most, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. And in New Mexico, which is also one of the most beautiful places. Oh, that's even where better. That's yeah. where your family's originally <laughs> from. My family is from yeah. New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Nice. So, well, yeah. do you want to go with uh, John Duran to Hawaii? Why yeah. don't you just hop in his luggage? Well, go. I have to cover his show next week. Oh. I, otherwise, I'd be You'd in be his carry-on. The Maui Wowie. There you go. Just with, do a really long voice memo and I'll play it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But um, we've got a lot coming up on our show. We've got the 10 best jobs in America, apparently. Highest paid. Highest paid jobs, which, I mean, isn't that the same thing? Yeah, and a lot of them, surprisingly, are not in tech, which you would think they are. Right. And then we're going to be talking about this new coffee shop that has coffee being served by boys in underwear. Why would I want to see boys in underwear with coffee? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, this is it's nice that because there have been bikini baristas and bikini coffee shops for some time. So it's nice that the guys... Get yeah. to do that too. You know, we used to have. They little, get to be objectified. Little exactly. Frida's lesbian coffee house in West Hollywood. It went out of business. Do you know why? Why? Because lesbians would order one cup of coffee and then talk for three hours. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. The tables didn't turn over. They'd order one cup of coffee and talk. Not Could you business. get out of here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's why you have to turn it also into a crystal shop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right. Then With we will stay and we'll buy stuff. There yeah. you go. There you go. So uh, we got that coming up on the show. And then Bill de Blasio dropped out of the president. I race saw, this I morning. That's for the best. And Pete Buttigieg says he can't even really get into gay media because of the way they've been covering him. And I was like, well, that's interesting. That is bizarre because yeah. you know, I reached out to him. I know people close to him. Like, we got to get Pete on the show. Well, Channel Q has tried to get him on. You would think that that would have been an easy booking. It is not. Yeah, it's um, not. And, for any uh, of us. Yeah, yeah. It's been frustrating. You know, that's why I'm still with Kamala at this point. Well, we're we're working on getting presidential candidates on Channel Q. I'm I'm actively working on that right now. Now, and I feel like once we get one, we can kind of break the seal yeah. and hopefully get some others. But I mean, we need to have presidential candidates coming on talking about what they want to do for America here because we're on in 30 plus cities around the country know. and you know, we're a big constituency. So. Yeah. I do think that we should, the next priority should be to go for someone who looks like they might be bi curious, like Amy Klobuchar. I actually Amy, like her. Amy Klobuchar <laughs> looks bi curious. Yeah. I, I, I think. Is it the that, hair? Yeah, I think it's oh, okay. the hair, the demeanor. I think that she would be, you know, that's funny. Yeah, watching think... Gia with some girl from college and watching she would... Gia. Yeah, 
The movie from like 2001? Yes. Jesus. It's a lesbian classic. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I see that. Okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. I no. think Mike Pence looks bicurious but confused. Mike Pence looks like you <laughs> He would, definitely looks confused. Mike Pence would be in a leather bar wearing a harness and like a, a gag, chaps. Ball gag. Exactly. Like that is exactly what Mike Pence looks like to me. <laughs> He's like, definitely he has done everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, gang, we got to listen in a minute. I'm heading out. Aloha. I will yeah, be Yeah, on yeah, yeah. He's rubbing you. in your face. Right. I'll, I'll no one's you. happy for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but gang, I'll be back uh, the, well, the first week of October. I'll be back here on the sidebar. Thank you, Jared and Allie, for very welcome for me in my absence. And uh, gang, it's our happy one-year anniversary. Thanks for being a loyal fan of Sidebar for the past year. We'll see you back in October. Aloha. <laughs>